0: Hello and welcome to See with Culture. I'm Wal Hattar and with me is Hind Mizaina. Hello. This episode, we're interviewing Sara Al Haddad, who's a young Emirati artist whose latest piece is still up at the Venice Biennial. And we're going to talk about her development of work and the work in general. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: We're all very good. Thank you. So, for the listeners, um, Hind and I know know your work throughout what we've seen in Dubai, which is a lot of thread work and needlework and then kind of developed something else. Would you explain to us in general what your work looks like now and then we can probably talk about how it developed from what it was
1: well I mean based on something me and him were talking about earlier and uh, did things change or has my practice been the same and I was uh, I never thought about it that way I think and when it comes to the fabric or the knit the crochet knitting is similar but um, the crochet I think it has kind of stayed the same because it's a lot to do with the fact that it's repetitive um, and it has always been very Organic shapes, not necessarily. It's not figurative, except for my very first piece, which was a, which was um, a self portrait. So that was like the only thing that had that kind of shape thing going on. The others have been. I mean, they do have shapes, it's just more geometric and organic in that sense. Um,
0: so we would describe them as larger, freestanding, knitted abstract shapes. Crochet. So, okay, as someone who's not into crochet or, or, or knitting, can you explain to us the difference in that when it comes to at least art terms?
1: Okay, crochet is um, with the hook, and it's just one kind of, one tool. So you work with that one tool in your hand, one hand, and then the, whatever material you're working with on the other. Knitting is the two needles, and it's a bit more, in my opinion, it's a bit more constrained in terms of size, even though you can use the circular knitting hoops. and But I find knitting a bit more... More, um, it's more. Uh, it looks really nice as clothing.
0: And, and with the crochet, I uh, think you've seen some of her kind of. Remember the Air Dubai. We'll go into those details. Do the do the pieces stand up by themselves? Do you have to make them harder? How how does that go? Is it soft always?
1: It depends on the space. A lot of, not a lot. I guess there is a a theme in my work where it ends up being in a specific space. So that helps with the way the work is hung or placed and situated so it's a lot to do with also the space as well.
2: So is your work predominantly based um, on working with textile and embroidery? I would say yes
1: Um, that kind of changed a bit when I did my master's I felt like I need to do something new because I'm doing my master's and that kind of put a restriction on how and what I can do, and I think at some point I was trying to still stick to what I was doing, um, but then I kind of discovered other materials and kind of like, took an is the offshoot the right way of saying it. So there was there is some exploration with other materials as well, but I did use textile in it eventually
2: so maybe we go back a bit even like further into your career which is fairly young so you're a young artist age wise and career wise and like what was your starting point into kind of following the arts right because i think the decision here especially i think in the in dubai you know being an artist and especially i think female artists Uh, especially in the Emirati community, right? It's still not necessarily taken seriously. Like it's, oh, you know, you want to pursue art. That's a hobby, right? But I think you're quite adamant that this is your, this is the thing you want to do, right?
1: It is something I always wanted to do. And I remember when I was younger, I was telling my dad that I want to paint. I don't know why it was painting, because my idea of art was, like, very, like, yeah, painting. painting. Um, and he's like, that will never get you food on the table. And I was like, oh, okay, now I need to, to make my dad happy. So it kind of took a while until I got into the whole art thing. I mean, I graduated with a graphic design degree, and I was like, I'm not going to do graphic design for my thesis. So it started off from there. Um,
0: your final project at, uh, at university was a crochet piece where you had where you recreated your own body. Yeah. And I remember that one because it was... For me, it was a, a new way of looking at oneself, which is the, very different. Because we do get a lot of photography, do get a lot of paintings, and it's always self-obsessed. But you remove the self from the self-obsessed, and it was a, a hollow kind of a hollow body, and that. And for me, it, it, it gave a lot of ideas of how to to go beyond that work. And then you you moved into something more tangible, which were the the written. Uh, pin, what, what do they call them, the, the pin needle?
1: The embroidery.
0: Yes, <laughs> sorry about the <laughs> lack of my <laughs> textile understanding. The embroidery pieces, that became popular because they are easy to, 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 to have and, and to buy and, and to move on. But then again, um, with the university and the work you've done around before and right before and after, you went back to that kind of larger-than-life larger kind of conceptual placements or installation uh, pieces. So do... Let, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier, but do kind of go into detail of how in, in your master's, what, what new things you, you acquired and how that moved to your newer work into becoming a lot for you to become braver in, in having this installation stuff happen.
1: Okay. I wouldn't say braver, though. Um, I think it's been more allowing myself to accept there are other materials I could actually use or be more comfortable in identifying with. Um, so before I get into that, I just want to say in a... I think a lot to do with the installations. It started with the action of crochet was very um, therapeutic. But then as I started getting used to it, and it became actually a very... It became a bit more, I think, too self-obsessed uh, to in, in that kind of action. It became a way to actually indulge in my all the thoughts, the negative thoughts that I w- was actually running away from. So it became a bit more a very safe uh, and safe in and, and my comfort zone, and not in the sense where it actually gets me away from things, but more it allows me to indulge even more. Um, I started working with concrete. I had um, tissue papers, and tissue and the tissue, not tissue paper as in the tissue tissue. And there's the actual paper, that the tissue, um, the like the wrapping tissue paper. Um, and I also have stones and, yeah, stones from the concrete.
0: And, and these were kind of crocheted or just kind of placed in construction?
1: Some of them w- were part of a crochet work. The others were prints or just concrete like for my thesis project my work was about home and it had a lot to do with home being a space not a place and but I also brought into it my the physicality of some of the spaces at my home in Dubai especially the windows so I recreated that I recreated the the windows the spacing in between the the like all these tiny details were like how off the ground it was and how the height and the space so that was part of it but it just was made of concrete it was uh
2: and what was the MFA experience for you because I'm always curious about yeah when because I'm debating do I want to go and pursue a master's degree and focus on something and I don't know you know the pros and cons of that and was it time that you needed to be a away from the UAE uh, be to explore and get out of your comfort zone in terms of your practice and pursuing ideas and working with materials you've not worked before and being in an environment which uh, like an an education environment Uh, i always wanted to study abroad um, and
1: it was a good time to actually leave i felt like it was time to have like a background in the arts or at least feel like i dipped my my foot at least it was and more more official and official way um, and because before it was just my own practice and what I felt like was right for me to do at the time um, so I applied for a Fulbright scholarship and I got into Maryland Institute College of Art uh, it's in Baltimore and I think every time I think about the whole experience I think it was more about how it was more of a living experience than the w- educational or so I thought I mean, I do miss that atmosphere of having your own space, especially because I don't have my own. Uh, I don't have a studio. I mean, my room has been very kind to me. Uh, <laughs> and it felt like it was a very good timing. Um, but I also think it's what kind of headspace you're at. And sometimes it's just what you, like, you don't necessarily get out of it what you thought you would. Or at least that was my experience. Um,
0: and we're going to go we're going to get to this later about the Venice piece and everything else. And you're now kind of uh, your name is going to be out there uh, and you and, and you are working in the art field, as you had mentioned. So do you think that you're in the situation? Do you have to? Uh, is there pressure for you to keep producing now that you're you're here? You're back in the Emirates, but also taking a, a job at uh, with, with an art gallery?
1: i i I guess at some point when the whole venice thing happened or like the news came out there was this thing where it's more like okay now you need to uh do something about it like your name is out there and stuff like that and i feel like that's a lot of pressure and there is that need or that idea of the need of being relevant or actually benefiting from the fact that your name is out there and i I actually put things a bit on hold um, and I feel like being working in an art gallery is really great because it's kind of giving me an insight on how things work from a very different uh, different perspective of how things are and I think it's also a good break from being actively doing things but seeing how like the behind the scenes kind of thing and I always like behind the scenes.
2: I like behind the scenes. So with Venice and congratulations on being one of the artists selected to be part of the ua pavilion and and i think it was a big move for you like it's a big deal to be a venice biennale artist right and 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 how does that feel because again you are a fairly young artist career wise and and what was what, what what was the feeling when you got the call like was it a big shock or what did you start thinking oh shit now what
1: um i think it's still like oh what now and um, like to be honest when I first got the call and the whole thing happened I was quite depressed so when I I, I, I got the whole approval and, and the meetings happened it was quite like oh I did not see that happening I did like I did but the only thing that I was I think that I was comfortable in embracing was the actual fact and I was a intern first and then I, there's a progression where I'm um, I'm showing there I mean I I never thought or planned or had an idea of what I wanted to do beyond my master's, so I never, so I haven't had the chance to actually just like, oh, I want to do this, this and that. So when the, the whole thing started and I got the acceptance and everything, I just didn't see that. So com- being confronted with, with, with the, with the, the opportunity itself and how I think or feel about it as being still like an emerging artist, I just came back from doing my masters. I mean, it wasn't something I. I just didn't think about it. It's not like it's something I never wanted to do. I just thought it's going <laughs> to happen way later. Um, so, like, my titles and things like that and the work itself is, has a lot to do with the fact that I didn't see myself being there. And it's that kind of self-dialogue of, oh, um, I wouldn't say the word insecurities. It's a bit more, I guess it's, I don't know, I have to think of the right word, but yeah. And what is
2: the title of your work that's showing at Venice?
1: So I had I have three pieces. One from my master's and it's called As You Try to Forget Me. And another the two commission pieces are called Um Can't You See How I Feel and Don't You Ever Leave Me Alone. Um
0: Sound like pop songs from the eighties.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> thank you. Um so, the as you tried to forget me which was from my masters, uh, it has actually went through different, three different stages of how it was exhibited and I really like how it actually worked that way without even me planning it, but it's just the way the title was working with the, the work itself and how it changed like, its physical form. So the first time it was showing it was more of a, a, sh- a specific shape um, and it was very much inspired by the ebb and flow and the idea of movement. Uh, then second time the piece was showed it was more flat which is the images on the internet or magazines and the pavilion space and the how it showed it's a bit more it was actually uh i do you work the word dipped no i wouldn't say the words i threw it down but it's just like it just draped from from a space from upstairs and it just became like a crumbled kind of Circul- not circular thing and I thought it was very interesting because people did not notice it so to me the fact that it played also again with the titles like, as you try to forget me people say it's like it felt like it was abandoned or forgotten and un- unnoticeable and I really like that the material is all the work is fabric uh, yarn or embroidery thread um, the other piece which is the pink one is um, can't you see how I feel it's um, a pink piece and it's covering a column and it's a bit more of how i really feel about things where i like to be hiding behind things and having this kind of thing covering me or being able to hide away um but then at the same time play around with the. can't you see how i feel like i want you to know how i feel but i'm not really telling you but i'm telling you but not really telling you because at the end of the day i'm still hiding behind that kind of um layered um crochet um fabric of something this word um
0: did you crochet directly on the column how did did that go
1: no i did my pieces at home um i had this so i visited the space in november and uh inspired by the space itself and the column i felt like they could because also of the theme of the word play and things like that i was thinking how could i actually engage with the with the space and change not change but add something but not make it like it's too forced um I mean, I don't know if it ends up looking like it's not forced or not. Um, that's, I guess, the viewer's way of uh, projecting or interacting with the space. Um, and the last space, that As You try to Forget Me, it's, um, it's actually one of my, I wouldn't say favorites, but it was one of these works that I wasn't sure how it's going to end up being, or I don't know how much time would, I would have had to finish. Uh, so it was a challenge in a different way than the other works I usually work with. So I used um, needles that were like one point something millimeters. Hook uh, the hooks. I don't is know
0: that large I mean. or small? We don't know.
1: That's very small. Um, it's uh <laughs> it's um, it's small uh, and it's embroidery thread. So basically, whatever is is used to uh, embroider on your on your fab on your clothes and it's a 4 meter long piece and by i'm not so sure how much how long is the height but it's it's connecting it's no it's it's using two columns to to hold its form when i did the site visit it was the architecture show of the pavilion and they had the setup with the the setup of the design exhibition design set up and there was this mesh like piece of uh, metal piece and i was really i really liked it and so i was inspired by the mesh piece and
0: so there's some photos of this when it looks a bit black right so you have a like a a black curtain which is i guess uh, connects with the mesh you're talking about
1: yeah i mean at the beginning we thought it's um so it separates our pavilion from the from the uh, Mexican pavilion and before we knew we, we didn't know they were going to build a wall
2: <laughs> building a wall so <laughs> the wall was being built in Venice <laughs> at the Mexican <laughs> pavilion I mean yeah. it separated our pavilion from
1: theirs and I think it's be- mostly because they have a, a sound piece so they, that where the sound was coming I think they embedded the, the w- they used the wall as a w- way of embedding the sound system so yeah I think there was also conversation about how it was actually going to... It's interesting that it's, it's a like the the mesh piece I was working on, the mesh-like piece I was working on is going to be separating our pavilion from theirs, but they end up building a wall. Um, I think you can think of that as playfulness. <laughs> they didn't know what we were planning. Um, but yeah, it's black, and it's actually very hard to photograph because it's... Um, because there's a lot of, I wouldn't say noise, but it's a lot of objects happening around it. So there isn't necessarily a very white background or something that you can actually see the work. But it's it's four meters long and the height, I'm not so sure. But it's over 100 something rows of crochet. And I think you might understand what I'm talking about, especially if you look at it. Um, but I have some strings falling down from it. It's hung. It's kept in place where it's wrapped around. The sides are wrapped around the column just like the, the top part and then the the top uh, side parts and the top part is just hung not hung I had um, loops of thread to keep it in place I didn't want to add uh, fish wire or things like that I just wanted to keep the, the material itself as it is and I do have some strings falling down so it kind of moves with the with, with the with the airflow and the foot traffic and it could actually stick to you. As you walk by, so that again goes with the "Don't you ever leave me alone," but it's not really about that. But yes.
0: No, it it, it is funny when you now with the explanation of how the titles really work with with the with the pieces that you've you've created.
1: Oh, and the you and me's and all the titles are about me, as narcissistic as that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the two different me's of, like the one, like you know when you think of yourself as like the one who puts pats your back to tell you you did a good job and then the ones who tell you you're not doing good enough uh, so it's it's a play of that
0: oh, okay that's actually quite interesting it's, it adds another layer of the the both the you and the external and the internal
2: so it's lots of like voices in your head <laughs> is that what's going on <laughs> But, I mean, with the work and the space, because I feel, a l- well, based on the work I've seen by you, um, they do respond to a space. And I kind of wonder, like, yeah, do you see the space first? And then think about it. And, and maybe the difference is, like, the size and the scale of your work. So one of my earlier memories of seeing your work is um, during your time as uh, one of the artists-in-residence uh, during Art Dubai, where you had taken over one of the stairwells at Medina Jumeirah Hotel. And it's kind of very bright orange uh, that's covering the stairs. And I thought that was really interesting. And it was in between where the actual art fair was and the hotel, and people were going b- back and forth. And I have no idea how many people paused. They wonder it's part of kind of leftover construction material, because it also looked like that orange you see uh, around construction sites.
1: Yeah, I remember having a conversation with someone who, were, who was asking something to do. If it has something to do with the tarps and the construction area, and, but I think I think of them more as blue. But that thing came up. Um, so I did use plastic yarn, and it was part of the residency in R Dubai. And I believe that year, that was the first year where they had shown in both spaces, and Fahidi neighborhood and R Dubai. And the stairwell, stairwell circus was actually separating the R Dubai and the modern space that year. And I, I don't know if they're still doing that, but. I, uh, that year actually I worked with two different materials I I w- didn't necessarily work with every day in the in uh, the Fahedi I had used PVC and Medina Jemaa it was the plastic yarn and both of them very very bright
2: so and the pieces in Venice they do look quite big and so like a really boring practical question like how did you carry all of that with you from here to Venice or did any of the knitting happen there as well or you know what I mean because it's just,
1: uh,
2: sorry the crochet my bad <laughs> the new space was new to me and it was
1: good to actually do a site visit otherwise it would have been very different um, thankfully I mean thank God for the pavilion they actually shipped the pink pieces I did bring with me extra yarn just in case I wanted to do more because at the end of the day, it's all about the installation. Uh, and the, to me, the work and its meaning comes on the same day. Not the same day. It's when I install. Um, the black piece, I kept it with me, and I arrived in Venice two weeks before the opening. So I had that time to test things out and see how much work I want to do and for what. So the black piece, was I was actually working on it for a week before I started installing, which was also the, the day I started installing ish um the pink piece i did not add to it um uh but yeah i was really happy that i had the chance to actually be there and install myself uh i i enjoy these things uh and to me that's kind of adds to the work and the practice of it and to me it's all about to me, it's, it's, it's very important to do the thing myself and to be not, I mean, sometimes I might need help, but it's, I like the communal activity of actually that coming together and it's not, yeah, even though like my work is very much sitting in a corner and getting things done. But when it comes to actually installing, I really enjoy seeing other faces and feeling like it's there's a vibe happening and there's people around and you could ask for opinions and you could ask for another pair of eyes.
2: Yeah, I, I think even during setup or installation with the work, it's still going through a process. It's not final because, yeah, lots of uh, factors start coming into it. You start seeing the space and how it occupies the space. Do you want to move it. Do you want to lift it up. And and I feel it's really important. And I'm impressed that you were there to see. It. Like I'm happy because a lot of times I see artists. You know, they've got their kind of, you know, the the team that sets up, but the artist isn't actually physically there to see it and you know or be involved in the setup. And I remember, I think even on social media, I think it was on your Instagram, there were pictures of you kind of, you in a harness and kind of being lifted up. <laughs> and you're starting to hang things from the ceiling. I'm like, wow, go girl. You know, like it's really, you're totally committed and involved. And that was quite impressive to see, considering they are really big pieces. They're, they're quite, I don't know, giant in my eyes anyway. I've not seen them in person, obviously. I'm, I'm, Everything I'm saying is based on pictures I've seen in the media.
1: Yeah, the pink piece, the, can't you see how I feel? I th- I think the large, the longest piece is around um, a thousand centimeters long and the other ones, I forgot how much is, okay, the, 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 the length is around thousand centimeters and the, the width is around maybe 70 or 100 centimeters. So they kind of
2: vary in shape. Okay, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next uh, for you and I'm so glad you joined us and thank you for having this conversation with us.
1: Thank you for your time. And all
2: <laughs> Till when is the uh, Venice Biennale on, Sarah?
1: It's on to the 26th of November of this year.
2: All right. So if anyone listening will be visiting Venice before then, you know, you have an opportunity to see Sarah's work in person. That wraps up this week's episode. Uh, you can subscribe, download, and listen to Tea with Culture on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and th- tell us what you think. You can also follow Tea with Culture on Twitter. Till next time.